You think you get stupid questions? You should hear the barrage of stupid questions I get. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stupid Questions with Jason Harvey. I'm Jason Harvey, and you should probably recognize my voice by now. It's 40 episodes in, so anyway, thank you guys for listening to another episode. Uh, We've got a really cool episode, so I'm just going to introduce my guest right now on the uh, episode, Josie White. Welcome, Josie. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for for coming on. Um, I'm excited to actually talk about what we're going to talk about. So, uh, so I don't screw this up and I even wrote, I took the notes and I wrote all of this down. Do you want to tell, uh, everybody? So you, uh, is it Nami or do you actually pronounce, pronounce it? You say the initials when you talk about it. You pronounce it Nami. Nami. Okay. So Nami is the National Alliance on Mental Illness and it's the largest grassroots organization in the United States for mental health. That's awesome. Yeah. And how so it's the the largest you said? Yes. Is it also one of the longest running cuz I believe so. When you told me how old, when that it started what in the 1970s. 1970s. So that it's been around a long time, which is kind of surprising to me because I don't to me it seems that uh the issue of mental health uh, awareness, people being more aware of of mental illness. It, it seems so much newer to me. Like it honestly seems school, like school shooting new where it's like, Oh, mass, mass murder, like mass shootings is right. what I could be wrong. But that I think was one of the biggest things that started to raise an awareness of mental health issues along with, along with just like terrible, terrible things, unfortunately. But so it, that's shocking to me that it's been around since since the seventies that there's been people right. working to, toward a better awareness of this. And that's really cool. Yeah. And so it had a pretty modest start, but now we're doing a ton of great work, I think in all 50 States, including Alaska and Hawaii. That's awesome. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And then in Utah specifically, we offer free educational courses for family members and loved ones of somebody with a mental illness, people with a mental illness themselves, as well as free support groups and free peer mentorship through the state office. And so that in those classes are, what what are those classes? Called? Yeah. I'm- yeah, it's family to family, which is the course for loved ones of somebody with a mental illness, caregivers, friends, whoever wants to learn more to provide better care and support for somebody with a mental illness. They go a lot over a lot of great information, like how to ask the person what to do to help, because sometimes what you think would help yourself, like maybe receiving a hug, is the worst possible thing you could do for your loved one in the midst of a panic attack. Some people love physical contact, and some people just don't like it. And so knowing how to navigate those conversations is incredibly important. And so the Family to Family course will not only teach you how to navigate those conversations, but also how to understand mental illness and different disorders. Yeah. And so where can people get a hold of this information? Is there a website that they can go yeah. to? And what is that website? So they can go to NAMI Utah, which is N-A-M-I-U-T dot org, and they'll be able to search resources by counties. So to find what course is nearest to you. Oh, perfect. I'll actually have that on, I'll have that in the blog of this episode. So if you, if anyone out there is interested in learning more about this or wanting to take part in these free classes that they offer, um, I'll attach the website. Great. So, and then we offer what's now called peer to peer classes, which is a 10 week course meeting once a week, typically in the evenings that teaches a person with a mental illness kind of how to navigate this the system, as well as how to take care of themselves during difficult times and articulate their own story if they choose to. That's awesome. And so how long how long has this been going how long has this been going on in Utah? Do you know? I don't know. You don't know. A long fairly long. Fairly long. long. Yeah. My involvement only started last spring, so even though I've gotten really, really involved in that short period of time, I guess there's still a lot I and other people can benefit from learning. Yeah. Uh, and so what got you in, what got you interested or involved? 
Right, that's a really good question. So in March 2013, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and a generalized anxiety disorder, and I felt incredibly alone and almost alienated from my friends and family because having to explain what was going on. I was going to an out-of-state school, doing incredibly well, and I just tanked and came back. And when I left high school, my promise was to never come back to Utah, to be independent (laughs) and just be gone. And so having to come back, people were naturally wondering why and what happened, and I didn't know how to tell them. And so I ended up losing a lot of friends during this period. And what was really a turning point for me was at my college, Westminster College, I gave a speech for Westminster Thinks Big, which is Westminster College's version of a TED Talk. And I talked about bipolar disorder and mental illness and the importance of talking about it openly to try and help destigmatize it. And the National Alliance on Mental Illness, the Salt Lake Affiliate Board, saw that speech and reached out to me and said, we think you'd be really good at doing outreach for us. And then it just took off from there. That's awesome. You talked about leaving Utah never. I think that's so many people's like ideas too until they until leave, they try it. Well, and when you leave Utah, because I've I've moved away a couple of times, and there's something about Utah that I, when I move, anytime I've moved back, I've felt more peaceful than I have anywhere else, and I don't know why that is. And I always them like the mountains. I just know for some reason I know I'm I'm home yeah. by looking at the mountains. There's something calming about just even even that. But I think it's funny because I think so many people can relate to yeah leaving utah and being like i'm not coming back yeah i I think i wouldn't have come back had it not been for my diagnosis but i just got to a point where i wasn't able to live alone and be dependent or independent by myself and part of that was that i'd just not sleep for days on end and then i'd be suicidal and trying to hurt myself and it was a nightmare situation i ended up i only failed one of my classes but I still got that's to be, honestly pretty amazing. Yeah. for when you are when you were dealing with what you were dealing with. Yeah, so that's I like to think it's impressive. No, it but, is very well, to thank be. You. I, I find it impressive. So well, thank you. Um, so I'm not sure I would have come back had it not been for that disorder. But having my family and friends, and eventually my friends, once I decided to disclose to them what was going on was a real game changer. I know a lot of people who are diagnosed with a mental illness don't have the same resources I had, whether it's lack of insurance, a lack of a support system. But I've got to say that if you don't have a support system, the National Alliance on Mental Illness is a great place to start. There's a strong community of volunteers and people who want to see you succeed and will help you get there. That's awesome. So, uh... I guess they can just look up uh, NAMI on on the on the web, and yeah. it'll pull up uh, state by state. Right, yeah. you can look it up and find find a support system if you do need it. And I definitely encourage if you need a support system, don't carry the burden like alone. And there's definitely there used to be a time when I think you had no choice but to carry it alone. Um, probably in yeah. the 70s when NAMI first started and compulsory hospitalization was still a big concern if people started talking about it. But now things are finally starting to change and there are resources beyond compulsory hospitalization and forced medication. And so, of course, I think medication is great. It's changed my life for the better. I'm supposed to be taking it, but I haven't yet. That's okay. <laughs> I'm working up to it. My uh, my girlfriend has been working on me because she uh, tells me how much it helps her out, and I'm like, "Wow, maybe, maybe I've got. I still have my prescription. I just haven't gone and yeah. got it filled, so I need to do it." But it definitely takes time to build up for it. And I know with bipolar disorder, the average time it takes to find a working medication is three to seven years. Oh, wow. I was pretty lucky and found something that for the most part up until the summer was working. I had my first psychotic episode this summer and was actually hospitalized. Um, I have some, I, I don't want to say it's like a funny story, but I did some like funny things in the hospital because I wasn't thinking clearly. <laughs> um, uh, well, I think, I think, uh, Part of what's helped me the most with uh, 
with with living with with mental illness is the fact that I tr- just try to laugh about it and be like, it's not like I'm not alone in having these stupid thoughts. And, I, and from talking to therapists, sometimes I'll tell them things that I think is crazy, and she's like, no, other that's people way have way more feelings. normal than you think. You're just vocalizing it. Like well, other people might not be vocalizing it, but you you are. And so I think being able to laugh and almost step outside of yourself and go, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that that's not. And it's so incredibly empowering too, I think, to be able to tell your story and claim this experience as your own. The National Alliance on Mental Illness has truly enabled me to take something that can at times feel like an overwhelmingly negative into a positive to help other people and to help initiate change in a system that helps some of the most vulnerable people in the world. That, that, I, I think that's great. Um, did you want to share? Were you going to share the story? Yes. Okay, that's why I was like, I, I kind of want to hear it now. So um, the first day I was there, I was still having pretty paranoid thoughts. And visiting hours at the hospital I was in were only for an hour. And my family got lost in the hospital unknown to me at the time, and I was just convinced they weren't going to come visit me. So I was pacing up and down the hall, and at this time, the detox ward beneath us had filled up, but the psychiatric ward had some beds, so people who were doing well in the detox ward were getting transferred up into our ward just basically for the night and then transferred back down to their ward for the day activities. But this young man saw me pacing up and down, and he's like, are you okay trying to comfort me because I think he could tell something's wrong. Yeah. I definitely, um, I don't like this term, but I definitely looked, I'll just go with unwell rather unwell. than crazy. Yeah. I looked very unwell. And so he's talking to me and I don't remember exactly what he said other than how are you doing? And I looked at him and I said, they, they monitor everything you do here. They always have the clipboards and they check in with you. And then I walked away and continued pacing. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'm sure he felt uh, really welcomed. Uh, yeah, he's like, they, they do. Yeah, you are. You're not wrong. They do that. I've seen the clipboards. I clipboards make me nervous. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's like an audit like thing to me where I'm like, oh man, like somebody's walking around and writing shit down. Like that's. I, Writing stuff down. Yeah, so. at night they do check-ins with you every fifteen minutes, which for me I was really grateful for because what got me in the hospital, I was trying to disfigure my face because at the time it didn't feel safe for anyone to recognize me. Why I felt that way, I'm not so certain. It's just what my brain decided to do, and so they were doing check-ins every fifteen minutes during the night to make sure you were safe and weren't trying anything. Um, but every time they'd open the door, I'd jerk up right away and say, hello. And I think I really was freaking out the nurses because I wasn't sleeping the entire... I wasn't sleeping at all, actually. I can sleep during the day when I get nervous, but not at night. Yeah. So, I mean, has that always been a, a thing where you can't sleep at night if you're nervous? Or I always have a hard time sleep. I can take a nap almost any time. Like, if I'm tired during the day, I can fall asleep. But if at night... I, if, if my brain is going a little bit, I have to have background noise on like the majority of the time I fall asleep watching either Archer or Bob's burgers because there's something about, uh, H John Benjamin, uh, Benjamin's voice. voice. It's really, it's a comforting thing to me. And I think it's cause I've fallen, like I've watched that falling asleep so many times that it's now uh, ingrained in me that it's time to sleep. But hearing him talk in the background for some reason, I can fall asleep. I would pay him to just leave voicemails on people's <laughs> if he could just stay in my room and leave voicemails there's a podcast for that i don't remember what it's called it gets 2 million downloads each month and this man tells intentionally convoluted boring stories to help you fall asleep are you kidding that's so great yeah that's really awesome but my brain what a good person yeah. honestly like what a good boring person yeah, i know <laughs> I've got a gift. I uh, I bore people at parties, so <laughs> let's take this to the podcast world. Yeah, so my brain goes haywire at night. Again, not exactly sure why that happens, but it does. And so I actually have, on occasion, terrible nightmares that make me afraid to go to sleep. But for some reason, if I sleep during the day, 
I don't have them. So I guess. Do you remember them when you wake up from them? They're like a vivid, it's a vivid thing. The only time I ever dream is if I've ever taken sleep aids, like something to, uh, people told me melatonin, melatonin's great. It gives me (laughs) nightmares, like crazy vivid. Like I don't remember any dreams ever unless I take something like that. And then maybe I'm not getting a good enough sleep ever, but if I take sleep aid, I get really weird. They're bizarre and scary. Oh, they make me afraid in my waking life. And I know that one of the comedians on the local scene has a joke that's like, do you ever have a dream so messed up you question your entire like reality, I guess, yeah. is kind of the joke. And that joke just resonates with me because I I feel like I'm a really nice, like level-headed person in the waking world, but when I dream, I have dreams like I've drowned kittens before. I love kittens. <laughs> like I would never ever hurt an animal in my waking yeah. life. I felt bad once because I scared my guinea pig by being too loud. <laughs> and like so I never do that. And then I had another nightmare where I smashed somebody's face in with a hot iron because he was trying to attack me. Like a clothing iron yeah and so his face got all sticky and like stuck to the eye <laughs> and so they're just these awful like dreams and i don't I know laugh where... i'm sorry no sorry. it's okay it is yeah. kind of funny and i just I, it's funny because i like i've known you for a while now and i could never picture you being physically violent at all like not at all you've always just been sweet and kind so well, it's thank funny you for vouching it's for my funny. character yeah i will vouch for your <laughs> character uh it's, so it's funny to picture you as drowning kids <laughs> like that's well i'm glad you vouched for my character so people <laughs> hearing me talk for the first time aren't like oh man this she girl. sounds really sweet but drowning kittens and melting some guy's face i know it's awful is this a weird quentin tarantino movie <laughs> If only it's, it's unfortunately my reality. I've recently gotten on a medication though that makes the dreams go away, which is kind of frustrating because I also have these really awesome dreams that I guess I could only compare to the Hunger Games minus the killing children part, yeah. like running around in the woods and shooting like arrows bows and, and stuff. arrows oh, and being awesome. a hero. Yeah. And so those have gone away too. But I think. The trade-off. Have you ever is written? Do you did you ever keep like a dream journal or anything like that? Well, I've thought about like writing books about what I've had dreams about because I think they'd be so cool. But then at the same time, what if it's just one of those stories that somebody thinks is so funny that they tell at parties and everybody else is kind of like grinding their teeth, like, like this uh, is this is not a good story, not again. Wait, drowning kittens again? Is ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What's wrong Devin, with this will you girl? quit with the drowning kitten story at every party? <laughs> We're trying to have fun. <laughs> you killjoy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you not hear that we've got Live in the Vita Loca playing? Okay, that says fun. Do you want to know something <laughs> weird about me? I think this might be part of where um, my like anxieties come from and like my inability to have... Well, it's not an inability so much anymore. I used to have a really hard time making small talk. And so for whatever reason, things would get real morbid real quickly. (laughs) So my first memory, this is 100% true, is of my great-grandmother on her deathbed and me trying to wake her up. And so I feel like that's pretty... Uh, that explains a lot about me, I think. That's Not necessarily the mental illness. I yeah. think there's a genetic basis for that. But I think maybe like the weird dreams and kind of a fixation on on death, death is explained by that. Yeah. How do you, do you know how old you were when you had that memory? Probably three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Maybe younger. Because I think that that's, I, I think that normally most people's first memories are going to be something like, jarring almost you know something that sticks with you uh i it's weird i i don't have a whole lot of memories from from when i was younger i don't remember um i remember a whole lot uh up until probably preschool and kindergarten like probably like four or five is about where i start to remember like oh okay but it wasn't i I remember 
Star Wars Play-Doh molds at this preschool place. And I think that's like my first, like, oh, these things are cool. Like, I don't know. That's, that's that. I, I remember puking on a girl in kindergarten. <laughs> I threw up. I'm, I'm a pukey dude. So I ate Top Ramen and threw up on a girl. I've eaten Top Ramen and thrown up before. It wasn't on anyone, but no, it was oh, still. Man, it was, it was definitely not on this girl. Like it was really on there. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. I, it, in fact, it may have been one of my good friends, like growing up, his first memory also, because he totally remembered. He'd be like, yeah, I remember it was like spaghetti or something, but you puked on Lindsay Johansson. You puked all over her. Like I did. That Gosh, is so true. I hope that's not her first memory. Oh, yeah. My just first memory is just fear. this hot, <laughs> wet vomit on. This is ongoing, lifelong fear of vomit. She, she, and top ramen. Like, oh. oh, I could never eat ramen noodles. <laughs> <laughs> All through college, I did not eat one packet of ramen noodles. So, so you've been involved with uh, NAMI since spring of last year yeah spring of last year they reached out to you and now what do you what are some of your i mean did we i don't even recall if we went over all of your i have it written over here but you have quite a long list of titles like if you had a card you might have to have multiple I do cards have a card. you do have a card but i think i'll have to get two more actually See, i knew it. i was like there needs to be <laughs> like you would have to have like three cards i think yeah so I guess I'll start with the position I've had the longest, and that's the social media and fundraising chair for the Salt Lake County affiliate. So what that means is if you go on our Facebook page, it's typically me posting things and responding. You might notice that sometimes there's an article and then Josie White comments and then the page responds. That's a conversation between me and myself. So <laughs> I know too well how that works. You want to because the more likes and responses a post gets, the more likely it's to show up in people's yes. feeds. And so I've learned that both good and bad. I've had some posts that I've pissed off a lot of people, so people were commenting like crazy, and so it was just more visible for more people to get pissed off. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this is how it works. And then I've had it with like just different different posts but yeah the more comments and everything you get the more relevant yeah. the post is and so we're starting to finally get a base of people who are constantly liking and commenting so i've had to step it down a little bit but if you're on our facebook page if you'd like posts that'd be super helpful because one in five adults in the united states has a mental illness every year and so some of them resolve and some of them are lifelong issues just depending and so the articles we're sharing, as well as the resources, could really benefit somebody who might not have told you that they're dealing with it, or loved ones dealing with it, or their kid, or whatever. And so the more we can get these posts out to people, the better. So I guess if you're on our Facebook page, all I'm saying is please like. Please like it. <laughs> yeah. Like the page. Like the, like the comments. Yeah. Or the posts. And so the Facebook page is facebook.com slash N-A-M-I Salt Lake. Salt Lake, all spelled out? Yeah. Perfect. Like the Facebook page. I will write that down also. And then for fundraising, I helped oversee the 2016 NAMI Walk. And I actually, as a college student, raised the third most in the state. So that's Really? That's cool. awesome. Yeah. I or got a nice little pin. That's cool. Like uh, like a lapel pin? Type of pen? Yeah. Pin? That's I'm going to awesome. wear it to the conference this year. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And that's, you said in November, you told me. November 10th. November 10th. And that's the, that's the state conference. Yeah. And it's open to anyone. There is a fee to attend, but there are scholarships available to waive it. So if you're interested in going, but think you might not be able to afford it, get online and apply for those scholarships. We want as many people to be included as possible. So it's a, con you said it's a conference then. Yeah. Correct? It's a day long conference. So there will be just different speakers talking about mm -hmm. mental illness and just mental health awareness. Yeah, and there'll be some breakout sessions with panels and Oh, cool. Yeah, it'll be really cool. So almost like Comic-Con but for mental, mental illness. illness. That's cool. Or mental health, health, I guess. Yes, mental health. Depending on the term. I feel like we can say mental illness because it's a Nami's title, yeah. but I also feel like mental health. Well, I think is that's the focus. I think so also because anytime you talk about illness, you said something earlier, and this is how I've always described. Uh, with I, I have severe depression, and so when I tell people, I if I'm not feeling well physically, if I'm sick, 
I will say I'm yeah. sick, but I will always say I don't feel well today. If I'm talking about mental, I just am depressed as shit as I'm trying to yeah. answer myself. I, I'm when my depression gets really like severe, I just tell people I don't feel well today. And I get like people that are close to me and know, know me just understand. Yeah. Oh, so it's not, I let people know. Cause I'm like, it's not you. It's I'm dealing with this today and tomorrow might be better. Tomorrow might not be better, but yeah. I, this is how I'm feeling. And it, isn't you you didn't do anything so you don't need to be can i do anything can i uh, it's just no i mm -mm, i'm sorry this is just i get to deal with this this is how i feel and i just wanted you to know so you're aware that it isn't you it's just how i'm feeling today yeah i my ideal world will eventually be able to tell your employers like hey i'm just depressed I need a mental health day and that won't be a big deal instead of having to be like I have the flu yeah because I'm not sure I'm not a good liar so I think people might know I'm lying but then they can also tell I feel really awful and so they think I'm lying about yeah. the flu but then don't know why I feel awful well see and that's what I had uh earlier this year I took three days off of work because of depression I couldn't get out of bed I was suffering with extreme suicidal thoughts and I had to tell my boss I'm probably going to go in and talk to somebody because it's never been this bad before. It's really bad. And so, and they just told me, well, get a doctor's note. And so I talked to my therapist and he wrote me a note for five days. He's like, you, nope, this is a real thing. If they can't deal with it, here's a doctor's note. Have, yeah. them, have them deal with it. But yeah, I definitely had to. I think, I think there definitely needs to be more of that because on days that I am either anxious or depressed, I'm I was dealing in customer service. That's not who you want to be. Oh, I know. And it's face to face. It wasn't over the phone. It was like, I'm looking, you're looking into my dead eyes right now. And you know how, <laughs> you know how like emotionless I am when I'm just telling you something and that people would always get weirded out by it. And I'm like, oh, no, yeah. it's fine. I just don't feel, I don't really feel anything today. So, so stare at my, <laughs> just look into my dead eyes. Again, I'm sorry to have laughed, but it's just such a relatable experience, people being able to look in your eyes and identify that something's just terribly wrong. Yeah. Like, and then okay? feeling like, uncomfortable. No. no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not okay, but there's yeah. nothing either but of us can do to nope, fix this. Nope. No cold medicine for this. <laughs> so Well, I guess I should say there are days where it feels like there's nothing that can fix it, but you'll inevitably get through those days yeah. and have better days. Well, that's what I've that's what I think. That's what I've come to learn as I've, as I've grown older. Um, when I was younger, I've even talked about this on the podcast before, but my depression hit probably around 12. Like, and I remember sitting, I remember this like vividly. I was sitting at the kitchen table one Sunday and I just told my mom, I'm sad. I didn't know how else to explain it. I'm like, I don't know why. There's nothing. I've tried to think and justify all of the reasons for this emotion, but there's yeah. nothing. I don't know. Everything's good surrounding me. I'm all 12. How bad can things really be other than, like, I guess inside my own head? Yeah, I made my first attempt when I was, I think, 11. I tried to strangle myself. Uh, sorry, Mom. <laughs> I don't know if she knew that. So yeah. hopefully if she listens. To... Anyway, sorry, Mom. <laughs> um, but I think it's so important to start talking about mental health issues and the words to describe it early on. So even if the kid doesn't have something and the parent does, the parent can say, you know, sometimes I have what's called depression yep. or mania and I feel really bad. And it's because there are chemicals in my brain that are more or less playing a trick on me. So breaking it down into really simple terms, but so that little kid doesn't end up blaming themselves. Yeah. Or if they start having the same problems, they can use that basic language to kind of indicate to well, their parents uh, that there's something going on. It's what, uh, my son already has been going to therapy for years just because uh, he was diagnosed two, like, la about a year ago with the early onset depression or depression, early onset anxiety disorder, and oppositional defiant disorder along with ADD. He has a pretty good assortment of things that he's dealing dealing with. And I, honest, honestly, I was so much happier to have him diagnosed at this age where he can start to learn how to manage it. 
how to live with it instead of where he's now, where I am, a 35-year-old guy going, this has been going on for how long? Oh, whoa. <laughs> like, okay, this explains so, so much. And now I have like a better understanding looking back and going, I see the decisions that I made and why I made them now, but it wasn't a good thing. Like, I wish I would have been yeah. more aware and got help earlier than I did. Yeah, I definitely, I noticed there's something going on with me. I mean, obviously, if I was feeling suicidal when I was 10, there were issues, but I started to show symptoms of pretty, I don't want, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. I started showing symptoms of bipolar disorder while I was in high school. Yeah. And so I'd be able to pull all-nighters and just be completely unaffected, sometimes consecutive all-nighters, and just be fine. And that's, in hindsight, not a super normal thing to be able to do. And so while I wasn't experiencing really severe mania, and we mistook it for, like, passion for debate, because I'd stay up late at night studying debate or, like, reading books, um... If we had been made more aware of the symptoms, I think it would have been a lot easier to treat. Yeah. So um, it, how how would you suggest people become more aware of, of these? What are, or do you have any like tools or places that people can go through yeah. NAMI where they can under, start to, I mean, you've already mentioned those free classes and then there's going to be the conference coming up. Are there even things like on the website that they can read? Oh, yeah. And find. NAMI has great information on their website about a variety of disorders. And a lot of people, when we do tabling and outreach, ask, well, how do I know if I have a disorder versus just regular anxieties? Like getting anxiety when it's really snowing outside and not really wanting to drive just because. And I'd say when it starts to interfere with your everyday activities is when you'll want to get things checked out. And so if that just means... Like, I can't leave the house anymore. Like I'm yeah. having trouble even getting up to leave the house. Or yeah. I'm just avoiding all of my friends because I'm worried what they think of me or I'm worried they don't like me. Or I've been so sad I can't... I go to the bathroom at work and I cry. So I guess if it's unusual behavior that interrupts your daily life and also is kind of counterintuitive to maybe your personality is when I tell them to definitely seek help. Or even if they just think there's a problem going on and they want to learn more, definitely check out NAMI's um, website. And there are a lot of really good resources. We try to share those resources on our Facebook page as well as stories of people and how they first noticed they had something going on. So other people can notice too, realize it's okay to ask for help and also realize that they don't have to continue suffering alone. Yeah. Well, and also I think that's, you said where people share their own experiences about it. Sometimes I think that's one of the biggest things of an awareness of is someone sharing a story and you going, as far as like with standup goes, just the relatability of it is what makes something funny. Right. So, but I think even with mental illness, that's the relatability where you're going, Oh nope, I've done that. That I do that. Oh no, that's me. Like that, that I do those things. I need, yeah, let's look more into this and having a, a bigger awareness of it. And I think that it's, it all starts from probably hearing, yeah, hearing somebody talk about it or something like that. Cause, uh, with, oppositional defiant disorder i had no idea that was even a thing until my son was diagnosed with it and then the more i heard about this disorder and learned and read up on it i thought that sounds very familiar and it has got me in trouble so many times where i just thought nope i'm passionate I'm just really passionate, like and it's like nope i'm being argumentative for no apparent reason and the more I read about it, I thought, this yeah, this is me. Like those behaviors where it was almost like I couldn't stop myself from do like, nope, oh, here I go. What am I, why am I doing this? This is crazy. I shouldn't, I, I hate using that term, but it's like, I, I'm not in control. I'm, I'm following irrational. down, irrational is a better term for it. I'm walking down <laughs> this path that I know all too well, and I know I shouldn't be. I know I shouldn't be like, yep, let's get in this argument. Let's fight with my boss. That sounds good. <laughs> let's do that. Let's see how that ends. Oh You're fired. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, I mean, it, it, it started to make so much sense when 
the more I learned about it, the more I'd think back and go, oh, that situation, that was definitely an ODD moment. Like when I, I told you earlier that I got jumped and that's why I have some teeth problems and I grind my teeth because of anxiety, but it makes it worse because I got jumped. While getting jumped, I was like, nope, you guys better not let me up as they're stomping my head into the ground. I'm like, oh you better God. not let me up. You better not let me up. And I thought, that's not something a normal person, like a person thinking correctly, like in the right state of mind is going to say. Like, you're not just going to, oh, nope, you messed up, guys. You picked on the wrong dude. Don't let me up. <laughs> <laughs> so I... I there's all, I, there are plenty of examples of me doing that whole, not fighting everything. This might be a good time for me to talk about one of my biggest pet peeves. And that is when people make light of mental illness in everyday conversation. Just because you're tidy does not mean you have OCD. And because you're being moody well, does not mean you're bipolar. So no. don't use those terms lightly because that undermines or the experience. The weather's bipolar. It, it's sunny and then rainy. What's the deal with that? Uh, that's how weather works. Yeah. That's just That's what weather does is it changes from day to day. Have you noticed that it's not the same temperature all the time and there's different things at play here? It's just science. That's yeah. all that that is. It's not the weather isn't bipolar. I hate, I hate that so yeah, much. Yeah, like... Talk to me about being bipolar when you haven't slept in six days and not when you're just being moody and temperamental because you didn't have lunch or whatever yeah. it is. And I mean, of course, not eating lunch can be really difficult. And I'm, a, you know, I don't want to like, I understand that. Everybody <laughs> oh, you're has hypoglycemic. Different, okay. I get it. Yeah. You need I to eat. Yeah. Everybody but then has. Eat, then eat. Like that's not my problem. That's yeah, still. And everybody has different thresholds for what they can and cannot handle. But we never want to undermine the experience of others. Well, and they're even attention seeking behavior. Well, and even the thing about it too, even within the, like, there's still severe case, you know what I'm saying? Severe to not as severe cases of mental, mental illness, even within like a diagnosis of where I have depression versus I have severe depression, right. like where it's. And it's, so, I'm, yeah. I'm on this much medication so that I can feel okay about anything where it's just like, I mean, people, depending on what, where you are, yeah. are going to be in a different place. But yeah, I do hate. Or I really started, I've always hated this, but when people are like, oh, she's so psychotic. It's like that experience was probably, I don't know if it's the worst or second worst experience of my life to think that you're not safe in your own home and you want to disfigure your face because yeah. you don't want anyone to recognize you and you wish you were dead. Like I cannot think of a worse feeling of being so afraid like that if you look in the mirror and see yourself that you might get hurt. And so to have somebody make light of that just to express their anger or frustration with another person. Or the decisions that really that person wrong. made that you disagree with. Uh, yeah. I don't think that person acted the way I would have acted. Doesn't make them psychotic. Like, yeah. Do you want to hear another pet peeve of mine? Yes. Halloween costumes and haunted rides that like stigmatize mentally ill. Walmart this year came out with a costume. It's a silicone injury you can put on your wrists to have slit wrists. Are you kidding me? No, Walmart that's a is real selling thing. It? And a local that, store that has them like... too. And I wanted to go like tell them not to sell it, but then I thought they're local and I don't really want to hurt their business. Yeah. But at the same time, that's so stupid and yeah, insensitive. I, is there a way for you to even do it where it's not like a public like shaming of this company for yeah. doing it? You know, where it's just like, hey, I, this is something I you're probably not aware of, but, and I don't want to make this a public thing, but there are people who are suffering and then this is not made. That's this a is really making, good idea. This is making light of something that is really a problem, especially it, it, here in Utah, suicide is at a ridiculous, like it's, it's high. The especially suicide rate is youth. so high among youth. And so it is kind of sad that they would, would do that. And I can understand like if you were having scars somewhere like else, but like if they're really displaying like slashed wrist, that's oh, yeah. pretty gruesome. Not only that, but that to me, you just put an idea in my head that maybe I hadn't thought of already. Oh yeah. Wrists. There's an artery there, you know, like where it's just like somebody who might not be aware that yeah, that's like a, a, a way to go. 
And this particular store, a lot of like young teenagers shop there. And so not to discount the intelligence of teenagers, but sometimes they haven't thought everything through and they get on blogs or they see something like that and they're like, this is That's it. This is my way out. Yep. And so to make those I don't know. I was just very, very upset. You're like, uh Yeah, that See, I'm someone that makes light of a lot of stuff. But I don't I don't I think showing it's a bit kind of a bit much. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, nope, that's visual now. Like, that's kind of, I would almost feel triggering to, like, it could be triggering to some people. And maybe people that have, because I know quite a, I have a a lot of friends that have cut or, you know, like, where that it's not as a suicidal attempt. It's a a coping coping mechanism. mechanism. And still, that's even a a bad thing. You know, like, that's a really bad thing to self-harm in any way so it's kind of sad that they would costumize it <laughs> like yeah, yeah I do- accessorize with scars now fake <laughs> fake cuts yeah i don't know it's it's very disappointing that somebody looked at that and thought this would make a great costume in that it's just sold alone as mm-hmm. where with any any everyday attire yeah that's weird can we tisk tisk that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's I I didn't know where you were gonna go with the costume thing, but that is kind of uh And then the rides that are asylum themed and it's like the mentally ill are so dangerous. It's like the only for me, the only person I'm at risk of hurting mm. is myself. That's I and I, I guess like emotionally potentially scarring like my loved ones. Yeah. But I'm not going to physically harm another person, and the majority of people aren't going to. Yeah, I feel that that's, uh, and I think that's harmful in in the sense of people that you've seen this your whole life. You've been like, oh, come on this asylum tour. It's so scary. See this person in a straitjacket. Oh, no. What are they going to do? Yeah, what are they going to do? Nothing. They're They're uh, bound. They're bound. They can't, there is a purpose for having them bound like this it's so they don't hurt themselves it's not so they don't hurt anybody else and i feel like i just listed a bunch of pet peeves and i really don't have that many i just around i guess these issues and insensitivity i do oh one last pet peeve i remember what the last one was people who are upset about like using the word triggering they're like that's so stupid you're just being a baby it's like no like trigger i think having triggering experiences especially with mental illness or an eating disorder which is a manifestation of mental illness yeah and is in itself a, a mental, mental illness, illness yeah is very real and for people to not or for people to say that's stupid or to take it lightly is in itself stupid yeah well it's a, a very ignorant thing yeah. to do and it's can i tell you more than uh, it bugs me the lack of even sympathy there is in that because I'm somebody that likes to say shocking things. I like to to say things that aren't necessarily always appropriate, but anytime somebody's come up to me and talked to me about something, I always take note of it because I may have not been aware bef- previously. And now that you're bringing yeah. this to my awareness, I think, oh, well, I, I didn't. I'm sorry because I really didn't know. I've changed several of my jokes because of that because I don't want – I don't want, my aim isn't to hurt people or make people like, well, learn to live with that because that's not my life. It's, I want to make people laugh. I want to make people forget about the pains of, of life. And if I can share it through my own pain and, and joking about it or making light of something, I would love to do that. But if I'm going to trigger someone or say anything that, that causes harm to anybody, whether it's just a, oh, I had to think about this again. I really had to. Think about that. I, um, as soon as, uh, years ago, as soon as like rape got talked about a lot more to where it was like, nope, we don't, I, anything that I had that was remotely even close, I scrapped it. I'm not talking about any of this stuff because I, it's not, I have no personal relationship with it. It's not me talking from experience. It's nobody's learning or growing from anything that I'm talking about. So why should I? I'm not going to. It's not my place. Right. So I, I think that's a big part of, uh, I think, getting better is 
actually listening and having empathy or at least sympathy, at least try and go, oh, I'm sorry. I had no idea that that made you feel this way or I did not know. I think there people lack that because I've, I think pride a lot of the time where it's, I'm not going to, nope, that person's wrong. I'm, I'm not wrong. And I think there's a lot of things that we need to just. Yeah. So maybe I'll loop these pet peeves back around to my involvement <laughs> yeah. with the National Alliance on Mental yes. Illness so it doesn't seem like I'm just incredibly pet negative pe- person. Well, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> with a bunch of pet peeves with no plan of action because I have a plan of action. Yes. So the National Alliance on Mental Illness, one of the things the Salt Lake Affiliate does most frequently is community outreach. So we'll go to all sorts of places and either give speeches. So I talk about my experience a lot, both with medication, the hospitalization now. That was fairly recent. Mm -hmm. So that's only recently been incorporated in. Was that this year? Yeah, that was over the summer. This year uh, has been a crazy year i think for so many people who mm-hmm. are who are living with with mental illness i i for i everybody that i have talked to that's depression anxiety whatever whatever they are are living with and it's been worse this year yeah than i've ever and i don't maybe we're just more open and talking about it but i've i've talked to countless friends i i don't even know how many people who this year they've hit a point where it's just like i i've talked to people who have quit comedy because they're like it's wiped me out they've had they've had to move across country and and live back move back in with their parents to get the help that they need i've had people one of my friends uh left new york city because he's just like dude it wiped it wiped me out and so but so along with that like you were talking about that being this year, but you were talking about the outreach. Yeah, and so we'll go table at places to hand out informational brochures and pamphlets. And it's interesting because once you start doing that, people start opening up and telling their stories, and they start feeling like they're not alone. And even people who might not have their own story or own firsthand experience with mental illness, they start to understand and realize that the way they interact with people and the way they talk to people does matter. Yes. Because your friend might be needing somebody to confide in, but if you say something like, oh man, so-and-so was so psychotic today, I can't believe it. Your friend might be like, oh man. I can't trust it. I can't trust this Somebody I can to, talk yep. to about my psychotic episode because they're not going to take it seriously. And so we do a lot of events like that, which are really meaningful. And if you're interested in volunteering, check out our Facebook page. We're always looking for new volunteers. That's facebook.com backslash... N-A-M-I Salt Lake. Yes. Okay. Go there. Like the page. Yeah. Maybe I'll even... Can I give out my emails? Yes, absolutely. email me? It's J-O-S-I-E dot white dot one two two five at gmail.com. So if anybody wants to email me to get involved, however they can, feel free to do so. Or if you can't navigate the website and need a link, I can help with that too. Awesome. So, uh, do you guys have, and does, uh, are there any, there's a conference coming up and that was November 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that this won't be out by tomorrow, but then there is a, you have something going on tomorrow. Yes. We are volunteering at a community health fair and I don't remember the address off the top of my okay. head, but there are always opportunities like that. That one's just from noon to four tomorrow, super laid back. Um, You won't ever be put in a situation alone. You'll have an experienced volunteer with you to train you on how to do it. And we won't put you somewhere alone until you feel absolutely comfortable doing it. And if that's never, that's okay. Yeah. Ooh, can I talk about NAMI on campus at Westminster? Yes, absolutely. Please do. Because this is new, correct? Yes. This This is one of the newest things I've been doing. And so we are, the state office and I are trying, and the Salt Lake Affiliate, are trying to bring NAMI to all of the campuses in the state of Utah to do youth outreach. And so for anybody who's at Westminster, we're meeting on Thursdays at 6.30 in Converse B18, and we'll have, we'll have some sort of snack. I haven't decided what yet. We're going to buy whatever's on sale. Rice Krispie Treats. The grocery <laughs> store. That's a good idea. I That's pretty cost effective. I love Rice Krispie Treats. We'll probably do that, actually. That's they're, a really good amazing. idea. They're amazing. 
I'm going to go to Harmon's to see if they have their pumpkin cookies. Not the ones with chocolate chips, but the one with butterscotch chips. What? They're so good. I don't like chocolate, so they're like the best cookie. Are you allergic to chocolate? Out there? Or I just you don't, just don't enjoy I don't it? like it. Some people are theorizing that I'm a super taster, so I can taste tastes better than most people can because all chocolate, including milk chocolate, tastes incredibly bitter to me. Really? Yeah. See, there's some chocolates that I like. Some of, even dark chocolate, I don't mind, as I've gotten older, I don't mind the bitter taste to it. Oh. But I am really weird about food. Like to a, I like it, food is something that does give me anxiety. If I'm eating around people and I have to eat in front of people and actually put food in my mouth in front of people, I'm super weird about it. Like it, it's bad. Like, I totally understand. I, that. yeah, even talking about it now, I'm like, oh, but you're not doing it. Fine. Just settle down. <laughs> it's fine. I had to do it on my mission. Like I went on an LDS mission yeah. and I had to do it for two years. And there were times that I would like gag in front of people. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just hate food. I'm not. I, I yeah. Relationships with food are certainly complicated yeah. to say the least. Yeah. I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of uh, eating. Of eating. No, I don't. I, if I did not have to eat, I would not. That's exactly how I am. It's I such a eat, waste of time. That's how I feel. I'm like, I <laughs> sleep's the same thing to me, though. Yes. I feel like uh, if I did, I, I will sleep like four to five hours a night and I feel okay. I feel, I, otherwise, I'm, my mind's normally racing or I'm reading or I'm writing something. There's, I'm, there's too much for me to do. But during the day, I'm so lazy. Like, that's what I don't get. It's like, why at night do I get this, like, Urge to do yeah, I've got to do. I'm, I gotta, I gotta write this. Let's work through some jokes in my head while I'm laying here for hours. But yeah, I'll, yeah, I don't know. We should maybe backpedal a little bit. It's really good to eat. Your body needs it. <laughs> you need to eat. I do eat when we I'm just, hungry. Yeah, like, but that's when I remember. That's when I'm like, oh, I didn't eat today. I I need to go eat. I can yeah. feel I'm hungry. I don't not eat where I'm like, mm, no, oh, I'm hungry, but. Burp. I, that's my reminder of, oh, oh yeah, I've been, I've been doing at it. Stuff. I've been doing stuff. And so, but you should probably eat more regularly than, than yeah. I, I am set reminded. timers in my phone to remember to eat three meals a day and then a snack. Cause if I don't eat, um, or I forget to eat rather is more the problem. Um, my mood goes completely haywire and I start to get really grouchy and teary. And so typically, well, not typically, but a lot of times if you see me and I'm really upset, it's probably because I haven't eaten. <laughs> I, I do get, I never blame the food though. I'm always like, no, I'm j that's just me. I'm just <laughs> a grump. I'm old now. My body's aching. <laughs> I slept weird and like for like, two days my whole shoulder hurt and with, almost gave me like a constant like oh, headache no. to the point where I'm like, what is this? Sleeping? I can sleep now and I feel broken when I get up? Like, ugh. But, I woke up and my knee was really swollen today. I have no idea what <laughs> happened there. You ran a marathon in your sleep. Well, I actually do kick a lot in my sleep, so I could have heard it like that. I, I, I would. I took Kung Fu years ago and so anytime I get into into something i uh, i will do i'll do it in my sleep it doesn't i don't know why i think it's because i go i fall asleep thinking about it and yeah. then i'll i kicked my ex-wife so hard oh no one night just i mean straight full kick and i felt terrible i used to talk a lot in my sleep it's ended with that medication but once um, like consciously talk, like could people talk to you mm -hmm. and you would answer their questions and stuff? Yeah. Once though, we, I was at debate nationals and to save money, a girl and I were sharing a hotel bed. And in the middle of the night, I screamed, the British are coming stupid. And I hit her so hard. She had a bruise across her lower back. That's the funniest thing that you could probably say <laughs> before hitting someone, <laughs> like warning them about a war that happened years ago. <laughs> American history. <laughs> um, I didn't outgrow night terrors until pretty recently. And typically that what ends. Are, so what, because I don't know the if I. Yeah. What is, what's the difference between like a night terror and a night and a nightmare or is there? There is. So nightmare is like scary content you remember. Yeah. And a night terror is when you scream or talk or kick and don't remember anything. 
Wow. I did kick, uh, I guess my girlfriend told me this, uh, like a couple, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I can't even remember if it was because she like touched me or something, but I was laying flat on my back. And for some reason I kicked my leg really high up and then kicked it down onto my bed and like kicked myself (laughs) up off of the bed. Probably she said almost, she said almost a foot that I like, Oh my gosh came up off of my bed, like levitating almost. And she's like, and then you were out. You just did that one thing and you were out. But I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers at my cousin's house because one night I started screaming like, daddy, daddy, help me. They're after me. They're going to get me. Please help. And But screaming it and crying. Yeah. And so my aunt busts into the room where I'm having a sleepover and I'm just, just sleeping. And so then I wasn't allowed to go back over to their house for sleepovers. But I don't, I like don't blame her. That's yeah. a really scary thing to have a child do. Well, and she's like, who's in here? <laughs> Just me. Just me. <laughs> so, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, okay. Uh, I can't remember what I was even going to. I used to tell my little brother to shut up a lot in my sleep. One of the doctors I saw for it thought I was repressing all my anger and frustration from the day that I was incapable of expressing. Anyhow. (laughs) (laughs) So how, I guess we'll, uh, it's almost been, it's almost been an hour. So we'll we'll wind down on this. What, is there anything in closing that you would like to talk about that you haven't, haven't mentioned about the, about NAMI? I guess what I want to stress is that even though having a mental illness can feel incredibly isolating, and some people have talked about feeling like they've gotten this new freak status, you don't have to be alone because 20% of all Americans have a mental illness. It's estimated to be 25% among college-aged people. There are resources out there, especially through the National Alliance on Mental Illness, There's no reason to suffer alone when there's a community ready to welcome you and ready to help you succeed. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. I've I've got a question. When you you talked about that not being alone, um, do you think, and I should have just, I should have definitely asked this earlier on, do you think that there is uh, just a, a better awareness of mental illness or... Do you think that, uh, oh, that's a weird noise. Uh, oh, no, no, it's not that. It's a, like a weird buzzing. But, My guinea uh, pig's doing stuff in the background. Um, do you think that there's more, uh, it, it's just a better awareness of mental illness now? Or do you think that people, uh, have, or, or the, it's more of a frequent people have or more people are now suffering than ever does that make sense i think it's just a better recognition and people are more likely to talk about it i think back in the day um they were just diagnosed as like quirky or strange and would self-medicate and just keep things as under wraps as possible that, that's what i honestly have felt because there's been even a lot of like where i'm not a religious person now uh even reading stories of like devil possession that to me, I'm like, that just sounds more like a, like mental illness or actual suffer, like real, like, or a problem. Like, I don't think it was what it, what people thought it was. The philosopher Foucault has a really interesting book on this incredibly dense and long, but it's good. What is the book called? I think it's on madness on madness. I think Oh, gosh, if one of my professors listens to this, it was written in the 70s. If one of my professors listens to this and hears me not be able to remember the name, (laughs) a little bit of him will die, I bet. You read the book? Yeah. I can't remember the name. Oh, my gosh. I don't think part of him will die. That was an overstatement, but I think he would be. His heart will hurt. A little bit. A little bit. My heart hurts not remembering it. On Madness, that sounds super familiar, though. I swear I that's what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up. Phone is out. We're gonna we're gonna Google this. Madness and civilization. Yes, that's what it's called. Or yeah. no, there is also a history of madness. The history of madness is the one I was thinking of. It's really and interesting. it talks about old, like. But it was translated from French into English, and the French have an entirely different sentence structure yes. than we do. 
And so like one sentence will span like a page and a half. And if you lose your attention span, you have to go back to the beginning. So I don't know if I, it's really interesting, but like a super difficult read. Yes. Just, well, anytime you translate anything from, because the same thing with German, when you translate something from German, it's really loses a lot in translation. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, definitely. Um, Where can people, uh, where can people find you? So you gave out your email yeah. already. And if, if you message the Facebook page, I'm the one running it. So, so and that's facebook.com, Nami Salt Lake. Yes. Perfect. Guys, uh, definitely go to the Facebook page, like the Facebook page, and... Uh, like the content, Like too. the content, share it. Please, uh, let's, let's all take a part in making the world a better place, and awareness is one of the places where that starts. So... Uh, Josie, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. This was uh, another episode of Stupid Questions on the Earhole Media Network. Thank you.